2 Chronicles chapter 20. We're going to continue our series called Sing That Song. We're going, to, we're going to just put this together in an abbreviated version. The title of the message today is The Love Song That Won the War. The Love Song That Won the War. A love song can win a war. And it happened. So 2 Chronicles chapter 20. There was the story of the people of God led by King Jehoshaphat who was a good king. Josiah, Hezekiah, and Jehoshaphat were the good kings. And this is, this is post King David and, and, and Solomon. So the bad guys, lack of a better phrase, the bad guys surrounded the people of God again. They gathered in a valley. Massive army. We have a promise. We're going to take out the Israelites. We're going to take them out. All of a sudden, the people of God got together and they sang a love song, which to me is kind of weird. Imagine if you were surrounded by all your enemies if the worst people that ever came, or the worst powers, better yet, not people, the, the, the worst entity, spiritual warfare, whatever it may be, gathered around you, the worst things that did you harm, and when you confronted them, instead of going like, I'm going to take you out, you start singing a love song. Imagine if the worst demons that ever gathered around you, surrounded you, and all of a sudden you go, Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? So I, I, stop it. <laughs> this is going to be unorthodox, but we're going to land this. You're going to get it. I have to ask questions. I did it in the previous two services. I'm going to ask you here. What's your love song? Everybody, if you're married, raise your hand. If you're married, you all have a love song. If you don't, we got to talk to you here. Because if all you do is sing country, this might be the reason. So I want to ask, what's your, what's your, what's, why are you laughing? Hold on. I can't say mine. I can't say mine? Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I know your generation. Does the word healing appear in it? All right, there's at least healing in it. Those that know, know. Those that don't know, don't say. All right. Pastor Abe, I haven't asked you for real. Like, what's your, like, this is not scripted. What? Oh, no, that's, no, but you don't have an English. Oh, the barge. Who? The barge. The barge. You did it. Pastor Nate, you got a love song? You just got married? You got a love song? I want to hear your love song. Brian McKnight. Brian McKnight? Yeah, what, which one? Love of my life. Oh. And usher. Usher, that's a biblical component. Is there an usher in the church? Is there... Go ahead. Sean and I love Charlie Wilson and New Edition. New Edition. Okay. Because in my mind, I'm going, candy girl. All right. Nobody else? Nobody loves songs? I just want to hear your love song. What's your love song? Always Together by the Dells. We kicking it OG, baby. I love it. Nobody else? Somebody this morning said, like, love lift us up where we belong. That's old school style. Nobody loves songs. It's, it, imagine being surrounded by your enemies and you begin to sing a love song. The Bible says that the people of God were surrounded by their enemies. They began to sing a love song that prompted God to fight their battle. 
What if I tell you there's a song inside of you that is your love song? A righteous, holy, redeeming, powerful, prophetic, vertical love song. That if you sing it, it will prompt God to fight your battle. There is a song inside of you. I'm just a pizza delivery guy. I don't make the pizza. I just deliver the message. I can't explain why God is obsessed with this biblical truth. Reaffirmed again in Isaiah chapter 54 verses 1 and 2. But here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. That if you sing, he will fight for you. You don't need to be a worship leader to worship. You don't need to be on the voice in American Idol to sing. I'm telling you, there's a song inside of you. How many of y'all sing in your showers and in your cars? How many of y'all sing that if you know someone else would hear you singing? How many of y'all... How, some of you sing in such a way that devils and demons run out and the angels put on their earplugs. But seriously speaking, see, there is an anointing on a song. Let me give you the story. Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to tell you how this love song came. The bad guys were surrounding the people of God. The first thing that happened, Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 13. Here it is. The, all of the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. And they began to pray and cry out to God. I want you to hear me. The enemies are surrounding the people of God. Before they sang their song, the dad gathered together mom and the kids and said, let's come together in the presence of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, we've lost that. We're not talking about a family gathering together at church. We're talking about we've lost the truth of the family altar. If a family prays together, a family that prays together not only stays together, a family that prays together tears hell apart. Show me a father who is willing to gather his children and his wife to pray in the name of Jesus. And I will show you a family that is thriving. Show me a mother who will gather her children and anoint them with oil. Whoa. I will show you a family that will live out the will and the word of God. I need you to hear me. One of the things that we've lost is this thing about praying together at home. If, if you are a parent, in, I want you to hear me. Gather with your wife. Pray together in the name of Jesus. Not just in church environments. Pray with your children. I don't care if your kids are three 13 or even 30 in your home hold hands come together at least once a week in a family altar and declare this house belongs to the Lord this house belongs to Jesus you want to see every devil come out of your house you want to see every demon come out of your house you need to come together in the name of Jesus we need to stop being so obsessed with Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and social media and YouTube. We need to take some time and put the phone away, put the laptop away, put the iPad away. We need to get together with the family and we need to say, there are devils out there. There are demons out there. There is darkness out there. But the glory of God will be in here. The power of God will be in here. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Let me encourage you, at least on a weekly basis, to gather as a family and pray in the name of the Lord. That may seem old school, but it works. It, it began right here. It, it, the, the family that prays together can break out out of every negative, negative, precarious circumstance. The family altar is the antidote to family dysfunctionality. Oh, boy. And when we, and when we pray together... So if your family is jacked up, messed up, discombobulated, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, are you praying together? 
Are you praying together? Are you declaring the name of the Lord together? I didn't ask you if you're celebrating together. You know how to party. You know how to celebrate. But do you know how to prophesy? Do you know how to pray? Do you know how to call upon the name of the Lord? And when you do that, then you can really articulate Acts 16.31. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. Are you with me? I'm going to say it It's right now for everyone. I am believing that as you activate this word of God, I am believing that you're going to see your entire family saved. And, and I need you to believe with me. I know it, it takes belief. Sister free and your father free and your brother free. How many believe that your entire family will serve the Lord? How many believe that all of them will be saved? So number one, a family that prays together tears hell apart. Number two, verse 14, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So they gather together, the, the families, and they, they call upon the name of the Lord. This is what happened. This is what happens when people pray. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. Not a famous man. Not a big following on Instagram. Just a random guy standing there began to prophesy. Here's the second point. I don't want your opinion. I want the word of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, in America and around the world, Europe, Africa, Asia, this is what the world needs. We need people on the pulpit who will grab the microphone and instead of saying, I think, I hope, I'm inclined to believe or I feel, we need men and women who are full of the Holy Spirit who will dare to rise up and say, this is what the Lord says. We're going to get a little bit hard right now, but I'm going to say it because I was convicted to share this. I'm tired of hearing people's opinions. I'm tired of hearing righteous theories. I'm tired of hearing spiritual hypothesis. I'm tired of hearing holy speculation. I'm tired of hearing religious rhetoric. We need the word of the Lord. Don't, 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 I'm, I, oh boy, help me, Jesus. We go on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook to hear what others think. I want to know what that superstar says. I want to know what that politician says. I want to know what they say. Who cares? I want to know what Jesus says. I, you missed it. I want to know what the Father says, what the Son says, and what the Holy Spirit says about marriage, about raising my kids, about the family, about the poor, about the suffering, about sexuality, about heaven and hell, about relationships. Are you with me right now? I'm asking God for a church that will stand up and say, I'm not just opinionated. I got the word of holy God inside of me. We need a truth movement. We need a truth movement. I'm going to get even edgier right now. And I don't, I don't mean to do it for the purpose of enticing emotion. I'm just speaking prophetically compelled by the Holy Spirit. I don't give a holy hoot if you give me likes. If you don't want to like my sayings or like my postings, I'm not going to be driven by the likes of people. I'm going to be driven by the truth of God. I'm going to be driven by the truth and the love of God. But I'm tired of trying to please people. I'm tired of politically correct Christianity. I'm tired of Christians that don't dare to speak the truth while the, while the devil is not ashamed of talking about his lies. The devil's shouting his lies and the church is scared. Uh, I'm praying for a generation that'll rise up, that'll speak the truth in and out of season. Are you with me right now? So you can hate me all you want. 
You could boycott me. You can protest me. You could unfollow me. But I'm going to continue to say it. Jesus is the only way. The blood of Jesus washes you of all of your sins. There is a heaven. There is a hell. There is sin. And that sin is forgiven by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus. Are there any questions? I am driven by this, guys. This man wasn't afraid to speak truth. He stood. He not know. He goes. He stands up and says, "The Lord says." Oh man, you missed it. I. Sometimes we bow down, and we do because we're afraid. Sometimes we're not driven, but see, you we drink the Kool-Aid that we're driven by fear. I don't know if that's necessarily the primary motivating factor by which much of the church is silent. I think we're driven more by likes. We're not driven because we fear Jezebel, so we don't speak up. I think it's because we love people liking us. That's the number one reason we don't speak truth to power. While they're teaching our kids perversions. While they're corrupting the mores and the values. And where they're coming against truth. Against scientific truth, faith truth, moral absolutes. And meanwhile, the church is gathering for conferences. Where we gather together and mutually affirm each other. And celebrate the fact that you and I are an echo chamber of mutual affirmation. So as long as we feel good, we care more about our bank accounts. Than we care about a generation being lost and being held captive. I'm sorry. If this bothers you and it makes you uncomfortable, I'm sorry. By the way, if you're considering joining a church and you don't like a church that preaches the truth of Jesus, if, you, if, you're, if you're looking for comfortable Christianity where people just tickle your back and massage you, this is not that place. Well, I'm just being honest. I, I, because I don't want to give your family a massage. I want your family to end up in heaven and have eternal life. We're not here for you to feel good. We're here for you to be saved, for you to be delivered, for you to be healed. Are you with me? We, we can't be afraid of coming against the lies of the enemy. We can't be afraid of prophesying. We can't be afraid of laying hands on the sick and expecting the sick to recover. We can't be afraid of declaring that there's power in the name of Jesus. Am I preaching too hard right now? I don't want to preach. I want to preach the truth. God convicted me to make sure I'm not being driven by the likes. Are you with me right now? Sam Rodriguez was convicted. Sammy Rodriguez, my son, God speaks of a Spanish accent. So he speaks to me and he tells me when you post, make sure the posts come driven by my spirit. Make sure you don't care about the likes. You don't care about the shares. Just speak whatever I tell you to speak. So I have my like Jeremiah. Jeremiah in chapter 20 of Jeremiah says, I try to be quiet, but I couldn't. I try to shut up, but I couldn't. I try to stop saying the word. Because every time I said the word of the Lord, they would put me in a pit. They would put me in a dungeon. They would mess me up. So I try to be. But Jeremiah said, I tried my best to shut up, but I couldn't. You know why I couldn't? It's just like fire. I got fire shut up in my bones that won't let me. It will not permit me to be silent. I have to preach the word. I have to preach the gospel.
I'm asking God for a generation of millennials and Generation Z that will speak truth with love. Not angry. You don't have to be angry at people. It's not people. It's about the lies of the enemy binding people. In this church, we don't oppose any community. We don't oppose any group of people. We come against the devil, demons, legions, principalities, and powers of darkness. We love people. If you love God, you love people. But we love you so much to tell you the truth. You with me? Somebody has a gun to your head. I'm not going to tell you I love you. I'm going to tell you I love you so much to tell you that guy next to you has a gun to your head. Tell you the truth. Okay, we got to move. We gotta... Are there any questions? It's just... I have no choice. I really don't. Jeremiah 20 verse 9. It's fire. And then, then so he, he begins, this guy, that's his story. The guy, he's a random guy, Lauren, and he begins to prophesy. Like nobody knew. No, this is crazy. The next verse is crazy because the guy who nobody knew, who begins, imagine like the bad guys are there. The good guys are here. They, by the way, the king is here, Joseph. And a random person begins to say, the Lord says. Amen. Now watch the next verse because this is so cool. He says, the Lord says, listen, all of you. And by the way, King Jehoshaphat, you listen too. Because the prophetic is not intimidated by the titles. I'm gonna, you need to be bold enough in, in, a, in a loving way. I don't care who has the title. Prophesy to your boss. Prophesy to the king. Prophesy to the governor. Prophesy to the... Are you with me? You, you can't be afraid of the people with the title because when you have your testimony, your testimony matches up with your title. So if God gave you a word and you know it's of God, speak truth to power. Man, I'm going to teach you. need to calm down. I need to calm down. I'm wearing my Tiger Woods outfit today. I need to calm down. I have my Tiger jacket on. I got to... Okay. So this is what the Lord says. Told them. The Lord says, this is what, like, we're going to land this. It says, the Lord says, the Lord says, don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army you see in front of you. Because the battle is not yours. But God's. Hashtag, but God's. Look at your neighbor tell him, hashtag, but God's. No, 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 no. You said that like, like you, you said it like you know what you're saying. But you don't really know what you're saying. Tell him, tell the neighbor you really like next to you. The other person you could nicely in a nuanced way kind of ignore. But the other one you like, look at the one you like and tell them, I am here because of hashtag but God. Now tell the other neighbor, I'm not supposed to even be here right now, but God. I should never have come out of that storm, but God. I should never have come out of that pit, but God. I should never have survived what the devil threw my way, but God. I should never have survived 2019, but God, but God was faithful. God was with me. God never abandoned me. God picked me up. God saw me through. Somebody shout, but God. He says, if you're taking any notes, <laughs> point number three is this. Stop saying it's yours. He told them. God's going to fight for you the moment you realize it's not your battle. Stop saying it's yours. No, no, no. I'm going I'm to try to chill for a second here. And just give you a, a just the problem is not yours. 
the illness is not yours. Stop saying it's my diabetes. Stop saying it's my cancer. Do not claim ownership of something God never ordained for your life in the first place. No, you missed it. We're not living in denial. You may be battling something. You may be going through something. Going through it does not mean you own it. It means you're going through it, but it's not yours. I want to tell you what's yours. Righteousness is yours. Salvation is yours. Deliverance is yours. Healing is yours. Eternal life is yours. Abundant life is yours. New life is yours. If it's not holy, I don't want it. If it's not blessed, I don't need it. If it's not going to give God all of the glory, I don't desire any part of it. Do not claim ownership of something God never meant for you to own. Oh, boy. Let's biblically, biblically substantiate that, please. Well, do. Romans 8, 17. I am a co-inheritor with Jesus. Of all things that are good, blessed, holy, eternal, and glorious. Oh, can you just quickly just raise your right hand? Cooperate here if you can. Repeat after me. Hmm. The battle is not mine. That problem is not mine. That anxiety is not mine. That circumstance is not mine. That drama definitely is not mine. What's mine is righteousness. What's mine is peace. What's mine is joy. What's mine is eternal life, new life, and abundant life. What's mine is a destiny that cannot be stopped. A dream that cannot be quenched and a designation that cannot be undone. A child of God saved by grace. If you believe what you just said, give God a shout of praise like you know what you just said. We're going to land this? Is it? Land this. Here it goes. So he tells him the battle is yours. Verse 16, march against him. Verse 17, this is the part, Pastor Nathan, I need you to... Verse 17, go to 2 Chronicles 20, 17. It's a weird verse. It says this, I want to remind you, the Lord says, that you won't even need to fight. You won't need to fight, but you need to take your position. What is that? moment he tells you the battle belongs to God but by the way you have to show up what yeah the battle belongs to God but the enemy needs to see you show up no you missed it some of y'all don't even want to show up some of you are in a corner crying in a fetal position all discombobulated letting darkness and the devil get away with murder no baby you're not even going to fight but show up and look like you're about to fight are you with me right now? But Pastor Sam, I'm broken inside. Show up. Pastor Sam, I'm wounded. Show up. Pastor Sam, you don't know what I went through. Show up. When you show up, God will show off. Are you with me right now? Tell your neighbor, show up. Tell them, what are you waiting for? All you need to do is show up and sing. Show up and praise. Show up and worship. Show up and lift up your hands. Show up and raise your volume. 
I dare you to go like this. Just go like this. Just like this. I grew up as a boxing aficionado. My daddy, my daddy loves boxing. Since I was three years old, two years old, my daddy would just put me to watch all the fights. Back in the day with the greatest boxer of all time, Muhammad Ali. When Cassius Clay owned the spotlight, I lived right next to Larry Holmes. Yeah, we did. With Eastern Pennsylvania, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So I, I grew up with that. Man, to think that God, that God would say, go to the ring, go like this. But I promise you, when the bell rings, you won't need to throw a punch, throw a jab. All you need to do is show up. I'm, I'm speaking to someone right now. God is telling you, show up and I'll take care of the rest. How do you show up with the words that come out of your mouth? How do you show up with your attitude? How do you show up with your worship and with your song? I've told you on multiple of occasions, biblically substantiated, we are two things. We, we are lambs and we are lambs and we are lions. We are lambs and lions. We are lambs in the presence of God, but we are lions in the presence of our enemies. And some people get them confused. Some people want to bow in the presence of the enemy. Some people want to, you know, whip out in the, no, 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 no. You need to do this. Jehoshaphat, the Bible says, when he said this, Jehoshaphat got on his face and he did this. He did this. Jehoshaphat, the king, bowed to the Lord. And then, read the next verse. Then they stood up. They assumed their positions. Don't, don't you dare stand up if you've never bowed down first. Some of you stand up without ever bowing down and you get slapped around like a cheap piñata. You go back home all jacked up and you blame God. And God says, you never prayed first. You never called out on me first. You never declared the blood first. You never depended on me first. But if you bow before him, you can stand before every devil, every demon, every force of darkness. Is anybody here ready to show up? I'm preaching like a madman today, but I'm going to ask, is anybody here ready to show up? Look at your neighbor, tell him, I'm going to show up. No, tell him like you mean to tell him, I'm going to show up. And the moment I show up and begin to sing, God's going to fight my battle. I said, God's going to fight my battle. I said, God's going to fight your battle. God's going to fight your battle. So I don't know what hell you've been through. I don't care what the enemy sent your way this year. This is the day right here, right now, on this September Sunday. I dare you to lift up your voice, show up, and sing the love song. That is anybody here willing to show up for their family? Show up for your dream? Anybody here willing to show up for your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children? All the people willing to show up, stand with me right now. Those that are not standing. That was a little bit hard, a little bit loud. But man, he says, take your position. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Your position matters. Your posture matters. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. James 4, 7. Humble yourselves before God. Bow. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. See, I just showed you the principle, New Testament. You bow here, you stand up here. You go to your prayer closet, go to your room, you bow before God, you cry. Pastor Sam, is it ever good for you to cry? Yes. How about being real with God? Yes. 
Real with God, yes. With God, you share everything. But not with everyone. Because God will never use what you told them against you. God is guaranteed never to turn on you. Am I preaching to anybody? God, be careful who you trust, baby. And it's in your weakest hour that you're most vulnerable. So you got to be, God says, talk to me. I've seen you. I've got you. God, how can I show up? What do you mean? God says, all I need you to do is let the enemy know that you're not dead. They got to see you. Because if they see you, I'm going to glorify myself through you. Pastor Sam, what if I messed up? Show up. What? Yeah. I, I grew up in a legalistic church environment, which meant that it was the Old Testament with tongues. And they would tell you that if you would mess up, you couldn't show up. You know how many people wouldn't go to church because they messed up Saturday night? This is our 12 o'clock service. I'm not even going to ask what you did Saturday night. That's not what the grace of God and the love of God says. It says you, you, you messed up, that's when you really got to show up. What do you mean? Yeah, you need God more than ever before. Wounded, dirty, not right. And God says, I'm going to pour my blood. I'm going to forgive you because you're, you're, I'm going to convict you enough to repent. Yeah, the word repentance still works. You're going to say, God, I'm sorry. I messed up. And God says, I got you now. I got you, baby. I got you. The enemy thinks that because of what you did that you're going to be defeated because the enemy still thinks it's about you. The enemy doesn't realize it's my purpose in you. It's me through you. So you go like this. And then, I'm not making it up. Please read it. Don't take my word for it. They showed up after he bowed and stood up. Read it. In that order, by the way, it says that he bowed. And then, the sons of Koran, the, the praise leader, stood up. Took their positions. And then they did this. The Lord is good. And his love endures forever. That's ridiculous, guys. Why couldn't they sing? Because they're hearing them. The bad guys are hearing them. Why couldn't they sing? The Lord God is a giant. He's bigger than your God. He's about to whoop you like whoop. No, they didn't even sing about the strength of God. All they sang was this. The Lord is good. And his love endures forever. How can you sing a love song in front of your enemies? How can you sing about the love of God in front of your adversaries? How can you? Because it still works. Because it's the love of God that gives you the victory. <laughs> it's the love of God that covers you. It's the love of God that gives you strength. You want to sing about armies? You want to sing about guns? You want to sing about weaponry? You want to hear the number one weapon in the universe that will push back darkness? The love and the truth of Almighty God. Are you with me right now? I dare you to lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. And just tell God how much you love Him right now. Tell him, let, tell him right now. I love you. All of my hope is in you. 
Jesus Christ, take my life, take all of me. For you to dare look at your enemies and say, imagine all the devils coming against you and your family. And you look at them and go, oh, Jesus That's crazy. Oh, Jesus. This is how we fight our battles. Somebody shout right now and sing right now. This is how I fought my battle. This is how I fought my battle. The love of God fights for me. The mercy of God fights for me. The grace of Jesus fights for me. This is how we fight our battles. Can you lift up your hands? If you got this word, say amen. Love, love the love of God. Truth and love. Righteousness and justice. Psalm 89, 14. Can you lower your hands for a second? They sang a love song that won the war. God loves you. He loves you perfectly, eternally, and unconditionally. When you're good, He loves you. When you're bad, He loves you. When you're ugly, and I mean spiritually, morally, He loves you. When you're beautiful, He loves you. There's nothing you can do to provoke Him to stop loving you. He loves you so much. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. I want you to know that he loves you. He loves you. When other people stop loving you and we can, when you can't even love yourself. You ever been in a place where you couldn't even love yourself? Have you ever been there? Raise your hand. Have you ever been so messed up that you couldn't love yourself? Even at that moment, Jesus loves you. He loves you. Loves you. Love changes everything. Truth and love change the world. Look up here. I'm, I'm really done. I have to let you go. We raise the offering. We're going to call the offering. We're, we're, we're out of here. It's NFL Sunday kicks. Whatever. All right. Look up here a second. They sang the love song. And this is what happened. I'm going to show you. You guys sing? Let's sing the love song. God is good. And his love endures forever. Another version reads, same Hebrew word derivative, synonym. His mercy endures forever. The words mercy and love in the Hebrew in the Old Testament are interchangeable. In that context. So he, so they say, love is good and your mercy, you're good and love and those words, and love forever, forever. And all of a sudden, the enemies start killing each other, and they wipe each other out completely. So then the king says, they just sang a love song, guys. They go, okay, let's go in there. So they walked into the valley, the battlefield. They walked into the battlefield, and they looked around and go like, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. They're all dead. But boy, did they leave a lot of riches behind. Um, um, Johnny, can you pick that up? Billy, pick that up. I'm not making this up. Can you read it? They actually needed help. They actually said, okay, uh, Mr. King, there's too much to pick up. It's going to take more than a day. And we need more help to pick up all the blessings and the spoils of war. So somebody comes up and goes like, but isn't this the battlefield? And the king says, oh, hold on a second. Uh, we're changing the name of this place. But this is the valley of the battle. No. What do you mean no? Beginning today, we're calling this the valley of the blessings. 
Oh, you missed it. I just want to tell you that whatever battle you had in 2019, before this year is over, the valley of your battle will be the valley of your blessing. I'm going to say that one more time. The valley of your battle will be the valley. I'm prophesying to somebody right now. The valley of your battle will be the valley of your blessing. If you believe that for you and your family, can somebody give God one shout of praise and let them know? Can you tell two or three people, the valley of my battle will be the valley of my blessing. The valley of my battle will be the valley of my blessing. The valley of my battle will be the valley of my blessing. Close your eyes. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I receive this word. This word is for me in my house. I acknowledge that inside of me there is a love song that will prompt you to fight my battle. So today, I commit to the family altar. Today, in the name of Jesus, I am fully committed to speaking your truth with love in and out of season. Today, I will be driven not by the opinions of men, but by the truth of God. Today, in Jesus' name, I take my position. I show up and you show off. Today, I understand that if I bow first, I can stand in victory. And today I sing my song, fully realizing that I love you, that you love me, that your love fights for me. But the valley of my battle will be the valley of my blessing. In the name of Jesus, it is done. Amen.